0: This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and Ontario Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
1: Good morning, I'm Jim Lang. Welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, if you tuned into the NBC broadcast last Saturday for the Kentucky Derby, you weren't alone. As the presentation averaged a total audience delivery of 14.4 million and peaking during the race itself to almost 16 million viewers for a race that saw Medina Spirit post the upset win. This was a 54% increase from last year's Kentucky Derby. And how big were these numbers? Well, putting it into context, the 14.4 million TV-only average audience was larger than all entertainment award shows for the first time ever and marked the network's most watched broadcast since the NFL Division playoffs in January. Friend of the show, Eddie Olchuk, former Maple Leaf, was part of last Saturday's broadcast team where throughout the afternoon he delivered his handicapping tips and advice and he joins us once again today to recap some of the Derby Day highlights and perhaps shed some insight in the upcoming Preakness Stakes next Saturday and with the NHL playoffs beginning in a little bit, maybe Eddie will give us a hint on who he thinks may be hoisting the Stanley Cup in a few weeks or a few months. Also on today's show, it's no secret that the current lockdown of horse racing in the province continues to affect the entire Ontario Racing industry. ...enormously, with tracks sitting shuttered, horses being able to train but not race, and several horsemen forced across the border to find racing opportunities. Ottawa's rideau Carlton Raceway is just one of 15 tracks in the province that sits idle currently, despite the fact, like all of its Ontario counterparts, Rideau has operated under extreme safety COVID protocols. John McMillan is one person at Redo Carlton who is well aware of the plight that the track's horsemen are going through and despite working at the track's announcer and looking after promotions when they are racing, John is also a horseman himself with a barn full of horses at Redo and with no place to race and is also the co-representative for the National Capital Region Harness Horse Racing Association and shortly you will hear from him as we look to lockdown and talk lockdown and see if he sees any light at the end of the tunnel so Redo and all the racetracks in the province can get back to what they do best, racing horses. And finally, while he's back, my co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at some of the third-bed North American tracks racing today, as well as a potential play at tonight's Meadowlands card. You know that's always good for our standard-bred listeners. And our Ponies Picks of the Day. It's going to be a great show. Get your HPI and that Dark Horse account ready to go for some heavy-duty action when we come back. My co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent racing news. This is Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio Magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine Racetrack and Woodbine Mohawk Park and Ontario Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from dark horse
2: to winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices.
3: The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hard-working employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca.
0: This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and Ontario Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert in all things ponies, He's a triple crown of talking horse racing. He is Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Good. Still buzzing. That was a great, great addition to the Kentucky Derby. Um the energy in the crowd, 20 horse field, uh, the race, the finish. I loved every second of it.
4: It was uh it was great just to see that it was actually back on the first Saturday in May, correct? <laughs> well,
1: well, and it, and in the response to the crowd in the audience. Uh, you had Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady there. You had everyone dressed to the nines, a huge TV audience, a huge handle over $230 million. The horse racing world, the sports world, responded.
4: Well, the the all-sources handle was $287.3 million. Good God. And uh, that was uh, just in- incredible. And uh, that was for, for both the Kentucky Oaks, uh, which was on the Friday that day, and the Derby Day. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, incredible. The racing was good. The production was good on, on, on television. Oh. Uh, you know, it, I liked the fact that they were kind of bringing in some so-called celebrities and interviewing them. And, and they were talking about other stuff other than just horse sure. racing. Because that's what you got to do to sell this game.
1: And they did a great job. and it And it showed in the broadcast and... Um, you know, my daughter's like, oh, look at the fashion and stuff like that. So they're into that. And uh, my wife is always fascinated at the horses and just the beauty of them, especially in the post parade as they're going from the barns into the starting gate. There's something so magnificent about horses of that caliber uh, on display. They just look phenomenal. Well, the silence is deafening when the horses are in the
4: starting gate oh. and all of a sudden the gate opens and, and you hear the roar of the crowd. I've been to the Derby two or three times, and there's nothing else like it. it uh, if, if you're a horse racing fan, uh, you owe it to yourself. That should be on your bucket list to go to the Kentucky
1: Derby. Well, I think if you're, if you're a sports fan of any kind, mm-hmm. I mean, a life fan, I think that is a bucket list moment for a lot of people around the world. And uh, our next guest joining us had a front row seat to everything happening at Churchill Downs last weekend. Well, what a Kentucky Derby that was with huge uh, amount of money that was wagered over $200 million, a huge crowd, a great race, and an individual at a front seat row to everything going on at the Kentucky Derby and Churchill Downs, a big part of everything happening on NBC's horse racing and hockey. Former Maple Leaf Eddie Olchek joins us, friend of the show. Eddie, how are you?
5: Very, Jim. Nice to be with you. I'm doing well, and uh, you're right. It was uh, a heck of a a weekend, and uh, just nice to see... uh other human beings walking around the racetrack and uh, wagering and uh, enjoying a fun Oaks and Derby weekend. So it's good to be with you both.
1: Well, Eddie, it's the old saying, you don't know what you have till it's gone. And I really felt such a renewed passion for the pomp and circumstance of the Kentucky Derby, the race, the horses, the betting, everything that goes along with it, This people seem to be into it, not just the people at Churchill Downs, but around the world.
5: Well, because every you know every first Saturday in May, uh, we're it's entrenched I think in our fabric in our you know in our society. Whether you're a die-hard like we are, or somebody that watches horse racing once a year, you tune in and uh, you enjoy the glamour, the glitz, everything that goes with the race. And you know, there's a lot of lead up on our coverage on NBC, and you know, whether it's food or fashion or those inside stories or those you know heartwarming stories about the connections or the people involved with the, you know, with the game or with the Kentucky Derby. So it is a, you know, it's a well-rounded broadcast. And, you know, I think some diehards wish there was a little bit more horse racing and handicapping. And, you know, I would put my hand up to that as well. But, you know, there's only so much time for for everything. But it was a terrific weekend. Like I said, 50,000 people there, over 50,000 for Derby Day. And it just seemed like... Uh, It was uh, some sense of of normalcy, which we obviously all haven't had in our lives for a very long time, and uh, it was great. I mean, Churchill did a wonderful job, and the weather was great, and uh, it was really fun to be a very small part of it.
4: Let's talk about the race itself, Eddie. Medina Spirit, is he the real deal? Well, I mean,
5: look, he got everything his own way. I couldn't believe how slow the pace was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody really seemed to want to be aggressive out of the gate. I know there were some problems. In behind, the hole opened up for Johnny V, who rode Medina Spirit for Bob Baffert, and they allowed him to take the lead. And, you know, once he got to, you know, three quarters of a mile into the race and he was running that in a minute, 11, two-fifths, I just thought, man, oh, man, that's not fast enough for horses that want to come from off the pace or come way off of it. And, you know, I thought it would be a little bit quicker than that. I mean, Midnight Bourbon got smashed at the gate uh, central quality got uh, pinched back not saying that he would have been on the lead but I think he would have certainly forced and pressured a little bit more and you know I'm not sure what the mindset was of a couple of the other riders but maybe they thought Johnny V was going to come back to him because the question was is could he go the mile on a quarter and he certainly proved that but you know I don't think that he really had to overexert himself and uh but for me i mean look at as soon as i saw him go to that three quarters of a mile and one eleven and two i just thought man oh man this is bob baffert and this is johnny b and we've seen this fish before as is as, as quick as last year and you know wasn't that far ago because it was in september and sure enough what happened he was able to get to the lead and keep going and mandolin looked like he had every opportunity to go by him but he uh he never did
1: yeah, that's the horse that really impressed me was Mandolin. We heard a lot about him leading up to the race and a lot of people in Louisiana said you gotta watch out for this horse. Was there any other horse in the race that you're keeping an eye on, Eddie's you look ahead to the preakness on the May fifteenth?
5: Um, for me I would look at a horse like Midnight Bourbon that maybe could, you know, close into the speed and, and maybe make one run. So that would be the one horse to me that I think kinda you know gets my attention, you know, well, you know, still without knowing post positions and still being you know, almost a week out from the Preakness.
4: Well, the horse like Keep Me in Mind. Possibly, if he goes into the Preakness, he got slammed at the start as well, and he was absolutely last and was flying at the end. He could he could have some extra speed to run at, correct, in the Preakness.
5: It's going to be a lot quicker pace earlier, early, and then we'll see if Regina Spirit can hold him off at the end.
1: We talk about greats in sports like Bill Belichick and Scotty Bowman. Do we have to put Bob Baffert in that category, Eddie?
5: I, I, look at, I
1: think you have to.
5: And, you know, a lot of people may not look at horse racing the same way as they do of, you know, of hockey or baseball or basketball or, you know, football. But the accomplishment speaks for itself. And, you know, two triple crowns and, you know, three or four years, whatever it is, with American Theral and Justify and then... You know, being able to win, to win back-to-back Kentucky Derbies is uh, is pretty salty, and, and Bob is, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, at least in our generation, uh, I don't think you could argue that uh, he will go down as the greatest uh, thoroughbred trainer that, uh, you know, that at least our lifetime has ever seen.
4: Speaking of hockey, Eddie, obviously it's going to be busy time for you with the playoffs. Look into your crystal ball. Who's going to win the Stanley Cup this year?
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh <Uh-oh. laughs>
5: <laughs> Well, if we if we roll back the uh, if we roll back the videotape, and uh, for all your young listeners out there, they probably have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. But all they got to do is go on that World Wide Web, and they can they can look it up, and, and they'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, back at the start of the season, I thought the Colorado Avalanche were the team to beat. Um, they're in a heck of heck of a division out there in the West with Vegas and and uh, Minnesota, who's having a terrific season out there. So I'm going to stay with the Avalanche. I think that. Their goaltending is good enough. I mean, they are banged up a little bit, which is a little bit of a concern. But they got depth. They got depth at the center ice position. That's going to be a hell of a series if they do take on Vegas at some point in the playoffs just to get to the conference final. And, you know, look, I mean, I thought those, the one sleeper team I talked about early in the season was Carolina, and they're sitting on top of the division of Florida and Tampa. The question is, is do they have the goaltending to get it done? And the goaltending has certainly proven to be pretty darn good there with with Nedeljkovic and, and Mrazek, who has come back from injury recently. So those two teams, to me, kind of you know stand out. But like, you can make a case for Tampa, again, for sure, 100%. You can make a case for the Capitals. The Florida Panthers have had a great year under Joe Quinville. Talk about Vegas. Um, you know the unknown of the Canadian division. You know, you know, it looks like Edmonton and Toronto are the are, are the class of the Canadian division. But a team like Winnipeg, uh, you know, weak on defense, but they got arguably the second best goaltender in the league and Connor Hellebuyt. There, the depth up front, when healthy, is as good as any in the National Hockey League up front. So, you know, could they be a dangerous team come playoff time? Because we all know that the playoffs change and the game gets a you know, game is different and the ring shrinks come playoff time. So, you know, I, I look at, I, it'll be interesting, the dynamic of the Canadian team that represents the Northern division once they get to the final four. And then you just never know about the matchups because none of these teams have, have seen anybody else except for the teams in their division. And, That's game one, and and the conference finals will be very, very important, regardless of who you're playing.
1: Thanks for joining us, Eddie. Always a pleasure. Uh, Appreciate your insight in hockey and horse racing, and continue great work with NBC, and all the best as we continue on with the hockey season and the horse racing season. Take care, Eddie.
5: Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Stay safe.
1: Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. When we come back, Redu Carlton's John McMillan joins us on Ponies 24-7. The Radio Magazine. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Ponies 24-7. The Radio Magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine Racetrack and Woodbine Mohawk Park and Ontario Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region.
6: one Vision.
0: This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine, covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and Ontario Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
1: Well, to say that Redo Carlton's John McMillan wears many hats is certainly a gross understatement, but unless things change in the province and racetracks are allowed to reopen imminently, some of these hats may end up on the shelf collecting some dust. John is a major stake in the harness racing industry as an announcer of the Ottawa track, a horseman's rep, but a trainer with 15 horses in the barn. John joins us today to talk about the urgent situation that continues to brew at Rideau Carleton Raceway and at harness racing tracks across the province. John, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to share my story. Yeah, no trouble. You have the same story like a lot of frustrated horse people and people in the horse racing industry in the province. Uh, Tell us your story, why it's been so frustrating the last month.
7: Well, Rideau Carlton had some tremendous momentum uh, heading into this most recent shutdown, and this is the best time of year to race horses, so the horse people are so excited to get out there and race, and just like golfers and tennis players, uh, we don't think this is about uh, public safety anymore, we think it's about politics, and it's time to set politics aside and let us get back to doing what we do
4: horse racing in general, they were at the head of, of COVID protocol, like your your trainers and your drivers and that, they're masked up in the paddock. They come in, they drive, they leave, they, they don't hang around, there's no socialization anymore. And there's very little, if any, COVID uh, cases, correct?
7: Absolutely. There has been zero transmission through racing horses. And Actually, a rule of horse racing. You have to stay greater than six feet from your opponent. There's no chance of getting COVID uh, through racing horses. You have an equal chance of getting it from a Zoom call.
1: John, we have talked to many different people involved in the horse racing industry in this province, and they've all said the same thing. Your local political representation in the Ottawa-Carleton area. What feedback did they give you when you present this kind of irrefutable evidence in the safety of the sport?
7: We have a little bit of a difficult time getting the ear of somebody from government at this point in time. Um, We're obviously part of a greater lobby. Um, The reasoning they keep coming back to us with is if they open it up for horse racing, then they're going to get many other knocks on their door as well. But if they make common sense, then why not listen to those people as well? Because number one, we have to do the right thing here. We got to follow the science. Uh, we are an outdoor sport similar to golf, tennis, and so on. And science is on our side. Uh, not even to mention what you said earlier about our unblemished track record of racing throughout the COVID uh, experience in the past.
4: If and when the uh, lockdown is lifted, your, horses, or your horse supply is probably dwindling. And I'm sure so is your your owners. You're a trainer yourself, so uh, what happens because you're not going to get any fresh blood coming into the business, correct?
7: It's very difficult right now because horse racing isn't that lucrative to begin with. So
1: when if and when everything reopens, John, how many days a week would there be enough horses to race at Redo Carlton?
7: We start with two days a week, and that's going to be our schedule up until December. And I think we will attract that many horses over time. The first three or four weeks might be difficult. Uh, You might see some shorter fields, which is disappointing because the greater the field size, uh, the greater the paramedical handle. And we've been experiencing record handles at Brito-Carlton this season. In fact, they bet three quarters of a million dollars on us one night. So we'd like to see that trend continue. But as you said, it will be difficult with fewer horses.
4: Hmm. And also, that's a big if. If you get back racing in June, if if that's the case, or, or isn't the case, uh, what can people do? Can our listeners do in the racing community do to uh, not only help Riddle Carlton but the rest of the uh, Ontario tracks?
7: I wish there was something people could do. Um, you know, you can continue to write letters to politicians, uh, engage in discussions in social media and your show. We appreciate this opportunity as well to get our story out there. mentioned June. That's horrifying to my ears, and that's horrifying to horse people in Ontario. So we sure hope that this doesn't drag on into June, because that would produce catastrophic results for our industry.
4: Is there a, a drop-dead date that, uh, you know, you can't move forward?
7: There will still be horse racing, even if this takes, say, until June 5th or something. But it's going to be the carnage that's left behind. Are we going to see short fields at rideau Carlton? Quite likely in the in the early part of the meet, and that hurts uh, not only the horse racing industry, but that hurts revenues of the province because, as you know, uh, the province derives a great deal of revenue mm-hmm. from wagering in our races. Mm-hmm. Uh, forget about that. So, if the wagers down, the province's <laughs> revenues down as well. And I'm certain that this province is going to be looking to uh, create some revenue for itself in the near future
1: indeed john thank you so much for joining us uh, like a lot of people were pulling for you and redo carlton and hope everyone gets back to racing and doing what we love so much thanks for your insight and go leaves go i like your style all the best john <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate your time thank you bye-bye now thank you. All right, after the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America. And for our standard Brit fans, we know you're out there. Some action for tonight's Meadowland card. It's always a beauty in the Meadowlands. So make sure your Dark Horse app and your HBI accounts are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's much anticipated Ponies Picks of the Day. Next. Ponies 24 7, the
0: radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine Racetrack and Woodbine Mohawk Park and Ontario Racing. More from the track when we come back on one.
6: Live harness racing continues at the Meadowlands Racetrack every Friday and Saturday night with the 6.20 post time. Big M's Championship meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 17th and on August 7th. It's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian headlining an exceptional Day of Stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager on all the Big M's exciting harness racing action through your HPI Bet account and your Dark Horse app. And be a part of the Meadowlands Racing Experience.
0: This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and Ontario Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry
1: Simpson. Well, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and maybe betting gems? Larry gives us his ponies picks of the day. Oh, Larry, you were so good last week. What do you have for us this week? Swollen head.
4: No, let's uh, let's get down to business here. Yeah, it was we had some uh, we had some good luck last yeah, week, we did. and we had some tough luck. Uh, we had a horse get beat a nose, and we I had exactly Mandaloon
1: was going to do. Yeah, some.
4: we had Mandaloon and uh, Hot Rod Charlie oh. and Essential Quality in an Exactor box, and they finished second, third, and fourth. And I thought all three of them were going to go by the winner. But real quick, didn't.
1: a lot of people went on to Hot Rod Charlie the day of the race. I know the number moved for him, didn't it?
4: It did because he had uh, one of the things with Hot Rod. Charlie Charlie is, he hadn't been working out. They'd just been taking him out and, and basically exercising him with a pony. And there was talk that maybe there was uh, an issue with the horse or he wasn't feeling up to up to par, but uh, he uh, blew the horse, uh, Doug O'Neill, his trainer, blew the horse out a couple of days earlier with a nice workout. And I think that solidified uh, that hmm. there was nothing wrong with Hot Rod Charlie. And he raced well. Yep. He, you know, he, uh, you know, he finished third. So It was uh, a great race. It was. It was a great race. Uh, uh it was not the, the the fastest race it was actually the seventh fastest uh, Kentucky Derby, so which isn't bad when you figure the Kentucky no. Derby's been around for an awful long time, like
1: 147 and, years. Exactly.
4: So it was the seventh fastest, but uh, no, it was uh, it was a good race. And uh, unfortunately uh, for anybody that boxed the uh, my picks, <laughs> it was close, but no cigars. What so, about
1: today? Well,
4: let's let's see if we can uh, make uh, make good on that. Let's start at Belmont Park. <laughs> uh, Belmont's uh, got a terrific uh, card of to racing today with uh, several stakes races. Race 10 is the Grade 1 Manowar Stakes, which is a uh, mile and three-eighths on the turf. Uh, the number seven horse, Field Pass, is a horse that should be very familiar to our listeners as he shipped into Woodbine last November
0: oh, yeah. and defeated
4: a good field that in, uh, included uh, it was the Ontario Derby and one of the horses in there was Belichick. Um, field Pass has had his first race of the year. And that was at uh, Keeneland a few weeks ago. It was a grade one maker's mile. It was a nice tune-up for today where he's going a mile and three-eighths. And I think this uh, mile and three-eighths distance just should be what the doctor ordered. Uh, He should like uh, the distance. And at uh, six to one in the morning line, he's going to add some value. So Belmont race 10, the grade one Man War stakes, number seven field pass. I
1: like that field pass. Yeah, we remember Mm -hmm. that horse well.
4: Exactly, exactly. Gulfstream Park. They're going into their their spring-summer, still in their uh, spring-summer meet, I should say. Race seven is six furlongs on the dirt. It's a maiden special weight. The number eight horse, Candy Fury, has raced earlier at uh, Santa Anita, and he seemed to be improving every start. Uh, He's had a trainer change. He's being shipped now to Gulfstream. He's worked super with uh, five five furlong workouts uh, since his last start. He gets the top jockey, Paco Lopez. And I think he should like the uh, Florida scenery. So uh, Gulfstream Park, race <laughs> seven. Yeah, number eight, Candy Fury. I like it. Yeah. Speaking of Santa Anita, race nine is a maiden $50,000 claimer, one mile on the turf for three-year-olds. The number 10 horse, War Error, makes the big drop in racing from a into a maiden claimer from a maiden special weight. And despite racing well in the maiden special weights, uh, his owners have decided, or his trainer has decided to uh, drop him into the uh, maiden claimer. And uh, he's had uh, two good five-furlong works since his last start, and I think he should get the job done today. So Santa Anita, race nine, number 10, War Air. And for our standard bred followers, the Big M, the Meadowlands, uh, race four is one-mile pace, uh, three-year-olds, Colts and geldings, and I'm winners of one race. Number three is the well-named Toronto Ah, yeah, who, okay. Who made his first uh, start back at the Meadowlands on May the 1st after a couple of starts at uh, Pocono Downs. And uh, at the Meadowlands' his last start, he kind of sat on the inside trip, but he finished third and closed his last quarter in a nice 26 seconds flat. So from post three tonight, Toronto should be get enough good speed to get some good early position to help him get the job done. So Meadowlands, race four, number three. Toronto.
1: That's why you download your accounts for HPI and Dark Horse for picks like this from Larry. It's important. Dark Horse, HPI, get them all ready for a busy day of horse racing and betting and night of the Meadowlands. As always, thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Now, just a reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the latest Ponies 24-7 magazine, email the esteemed Larry Simpson at theponies247 experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies two four seven. Lymphoma Canada campaign don't horse around lymphoma for more information on this go to the landing page at lymphoma.ca slash stick around with 105.9 of the region all weekend long the legend and Romer up next with the feed York region's only radio magazine show I'll be back here Monday morning bet wisely have fun enjoy we'll talk to you soon take care ponies 24
0: 7 the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine Woodbine Mohawk Park and Ontario Racing tune in next Saturday morning at 830 for more on the world of horse racing this is 105.9 the region